Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast, Dreams, Seams, and Small Business Things. In case this is your first time here, my name is Terrence Williams. I am a small business owner, entrepreneur. I'm also a content creator, influencer. And in today's episode, I want to talk about one of my favorite quotes. It goes, ruin is a gift. Ruin is the road to transformation. This quote is from the book and the movie, Eat, Pray, Love, and it's a quote that has stuck with me for a really long time, ever since I first read it and heard it. It sticks with me because I was at a very, very low point in my life for about a year and a half. And I didn't think I would be able to get out of it, didn't think I would be able to get out of the situation and through my own strength and the grace of my higher power and the help of my friends and family, I was able to get out of it, survive. And now I look at my life and can't believe I had enough strength to get through it. But I'm so glad that I did. But this quote just reminds me that the really low situation that I was in was in a way a gift because it pushed me to get out of that situation and improve my life, improve my situation, and and get me to the place that I am now. And that really is what the quote is talking about. Ruin is a gift. Ruin is the road to transformation, because being at your lowest point, being in a situation that you don't think you'll be able to survive, being in a situation that is horrible gives you the strength and the motivation to push yourself to improve and get out of that situation. I always say that I would have loved for my life to be a little easier. (laughs) I definitely feel that I could have gotten to this place in my life without all the hardships and the struggles. I would have definitely appreciated not going through them, (laughs) but going through them, it showed that hardships and hard times would not break me and that they would be fuel and motivation for me to change my life. And so in today's podcast, I wanted to dive into this quote, but I also wanted to dive into the history of the situation and what happened and what drove my life to go from ruin to what it is now. I wanted to read the quote from the book. The quote from the book and the movie are a little different, but I really love the quote from Eat, Pray, Love, the movie. So I just wanted to read a little bit of it now so you can get some context And in case you all have never seen Eat, Pray, Love, it is about, or read the book, it is about a woman named Liz who uh, divorces her husband because she realizes that being the stay-at-home wife and future mom and shopping for things at Costco on a credit card and just living the white picket fence, big house life just wasn't for her. And she wasn't happy in her marriage. And so she divorced her husband and decided to travel the world in what she called eat, pray, love. So she went to eat in Italy, she went to pray in India, and then she went for love in Bali. 
and she took a whole year off to discover herself and discover her life. The book is really good. It's a little long-winded and it's a little much sometimes. <laughs> I definitely prefer the movie a little more, but I think I'm biased because it, it has Julia Roberts in it and I love Julia Roberts. <laughs> but it really laid the foundation for my life because as I was going through this horrible situation, I, I read the book and watched the movie and really gravitated towards it. A movie that I love even more is Under the Tuscan Sun. That movie really is my life in a nutshell. But Anyway, back to Eat, Pray, Love. I want to read this quote for you. My friend took me to the most amazing place the other day. It's called the Augustium. Octavian Augustus built it to house his remains. When the barbarians came, they trashed it along with everything else. The great Augustus, Rome's first true great emperor. How could he have imagined that Rome, the whole world as far as he was concerned, would one day be in ruins? It's one of the quietest and loneliest places in Rome. The city has grown up around it over centuries. It feels like a precious wound, like a heartache you won't let go of because it hurts too good. We all want things to stay the same. Settle for living in misery because we're afraid of change, of things crumbling to ruins. Then I look around at this place, at the chaos it's endured, the way it's been burned, adapted, pillaged, and then found a way to build itself back up again, and I am reassured. Maybe my life hasn't been so chaotic, it's just the world that is, and the only real trap is getting attached to any of it. Ruin is a gift. Ruin is the road to transformation. Even in this eternal city, the Augustine shown me that we must always be prepared for endless waves of transformation. That quote, y'all. <laughs> so I will set the scene. It is around 2018, maybe even 2017. And I'm living back home in Pennsylvania, in York, Pennsylvania, near downtown. It's a relatively small downtown, rel relatively small town. And I am working like three jobs just to be able to make ends meet. And I'm still not able to meet, make ends meet. On the side, I am also running my small business. At this time, it was called Clutch 89. And I was on Etsy. And I was mainly selling little purses and handbags and wallets. Uh, not really making much money. I have been struggling as it was. And then I fell into a financial scam, which everyone seems to be falling into them, where I got a call from someone who had not all of my information, but just enough of my information to convince me that one of the student loans that I had taken out needed to be repaid immediately, or they were going to send people to arrest me because the law, the loan had been defaulted, and they had my home address, they had my telephone number, they had uh, certain key information. So I mistakenly gave them my card information and they put me on a payment plan so like every week they were going to withdraw money from my account so the first week went by and they took out the right amount and it was it was what it was 
the second week, the third week, the fourth week, and it was only supposed to be like a four-week plan. But then the fifth week rolled around, and they took out a larger sum of money. And I mistakenly thought, oh, maybe I had miscounted. Maybe it is five weeks. Maybe it was extra interest. Maybe I don't know what the situation was. But I just assumed that I had made the mistake and that that was the final payment. But then the next week came around and they had essentially just like drained my bank account. So when I called the number to figure out what was going on, uh, it just like didn't even go to voicemail. It said the number wasn't in service. It wasn't connected. So when I Googled it, Googled the phone number, every listing had said that it was a scam. Every single Google search result said it was a scam and that they they had like key players in it and these players like knew how to access your information and tell you just enough uh, to scare you into thinking that this was real, that this was legitimate and they had the script online, everything. And I just got like weak in my knees, sick to my stomach uh, because by this point they had taken like thousands of dollars out of my bank account. And I called my bank there was nothing that they could do about it because they said that I had authorized the charges so they weren't going to give me the money back. There was no one that I could contact because all of the contact information that they gave me was fake. So not only was they did they take everything, but it, like my bank account went into the negative. So I was already struggling as it was, and then this happened, and that just really set me back even more. So everything just kind of started crumbling to ruins. I couldn't afford to pay my electric bill, so they shut off my electric. Couldn't afford my car payment, so my car got repossessed. I had eviction notices on my door every week. I literally was working like two or three jobs at this point. So I was working... I was working at um, Ross and Goodwill, and then I left Ross for Goodwill and Ulta, and then I left uh, Goodwill just for Ulta, and then I was doing a merchandising job at Walmart, so I would go into Walmart and do visual merchandising on displays and stuff, and I was working, and all of these were part-time jobs. Uh, except for the Goodwill, that was school time. But I hated working there and I hated the management staff and there was just a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes that I didn't agree with. And so I left there to do Ulta and to do the visual merchandising job at Walmart. But despite all this, and I was running my Etsy on the side. So despite all this, I still wasn't making enough money to make ends meet and to pay my bills. And so my electricity was cut off. And it wasn't like my electricity was cut off for like a day or a week and I had enough money to turn it on. No, it was cut off for, I want to say, a little over a year. <laughs> and so I didn't have a, really enough money for food or or water. And even if I did, I wouldn't be able to cook because I didn't have any electricity in my apartment. So I really was surviving on bottled water and peanut butter. And if I was able to scrounge up a few dollars, I would just go to like McDonald's or something. 
Um, I still had my gym membership at LA Fitness because I was able to shower there. I couldn't shower at home because the water was freezing. And I had no, again, because I had no electricity. So I would go to the gym, walk to the gym. I would wake up at four o'clock in the morning, every morning, and walk the mile and a half to the gym and work out and shower and act like everything was perfectly fine. And then I would uh, walk home and try to catch the bus to get to work, uh, to all my different jobs, while still trying to run my business. So because I didn't have any electricity at my house, I would either go to the park that was right by my house and I would sew orders because they had plugs outside. Or I found a coffee shop downstairs that let me sew upstairs. It was called Ironic. So I would sew upstairs. I would sew orders. And uh, the money that I got from my business literally went straight back to my business in order to buy supplies and thread. And I really, I wasn't making a profit at this time because I wasn't pricing things how I should have been pricing them because I was only doing it part time. And I was so depressed, so depressed, so lonely. I was embarrassed to tell my friends. I was embarrassed to tell my family. So really no one knew I think people knew that I was struggling a little bit, but they definitely didn't know the extent of it. When I tell you I was broke, I was broke, poor, no money, um, barely had enough money for rent, thought I was going to get evicted every week, and I would just cry myself to sleep, and I would say a prayer every night before I went to sleep, and I would pray to God, and I would say, God... Please do not wake me up in the morning because I do not think that I have the strength to continue. I don't have the strength in me to get up and continue living this life. It is just too difficult and too hard. And every morning I would wake up and I would be so angry and I would curse God and I would curse the heavens because I woke up and I would have to live through this life that I was living again, day after day. And there just didn't really seem to be an escape. I was at such a low point. I was ready to give it up and not be here. I don't know what came over me but and th- because throughout this whole experience i still just had glimmers of hope that something was going to get better every time i got an etsy order i was like okay we're on the right track we have a little bit more money um anytime uh someone gave me a ride home from work or um I still had a little bit of money left over from my check and I was able to buy like a few like dry groceries like bread and peanut butter and jelly stuff that I didn't have to refrigerate and stuff that I didn't have to cook. Or if I had a little extra money left over and I was able to go out with my friends. uh, Those were the moments that kind of kept me going. I will never forget all of my coworkers went out to eat at Ulta. All my coworkers went out to eat at a restaurant and they really wanted me to go. Uh, So I went just to be nice and just to be social. 
but I didn't have enough money to afford a meal. So they, they paid for me. They paid for my meal. Uh, and I cried. I literally cried because I was so embarrassed, but I was so grateful that they helped me and they gave me rides home. My best friend Khadija gave me rides home all the time. And it just, their kindness, Violet helped me all the time. My friend Violet helped me, give, gave me rides home and we hung out after work sometimes. And it was those acts of kindness that really kept me going. And so I remember one night I was feeling very optimistic. And so I sat down with my little battery operated lantern and that's how I kept my apartment lit. You do y'all remember those uh <laughs> as seen on TV, the little white lights, you put batteries in them and you push it down and it turns the light on and you push it again and it turns the light off. I had all those taped all over my apartment. <laughs> so I could see at night. Uh, because again, I didn't have any electricity. And so I was sitting by the little lantern that I had with uh, newspapers and an empty frame and I decided to create a vision board and on that vision board I had all the stuff that I wanted to accomplish uh, so moving to Texas was on there being in vogue having a million dollar business traveling to Brazil falling in love there were all these different things on this vision board and I made the vision board and I said, I am going to get out of this situation. I'm going to change my life because I cannot live like this anymore. And when I tell you my apartment was a shithole, <laughs> it was a shithole. It, I had called the city multiple times to come ha have them come out and do inspections because the apartment was just in horrible horrible condition. The, it, the whole thing was carpeted, even the kitchen. You could walk on the floorboards and feel them being weak and like they were going to collapse and like there were holes in the wall, uh, holes in the floor, and there actually were holes in the floor. Uh, the ceiling had collapsed. The ceiling tiles collapsed. There was like a water explosion that flooded the kitchen and ruined the carpet. The, I documented everything. It was horrible. I hated living there. Um, so I told myself I was going to get out with this vision board. I was going to do whatever it took to get out of there, uh, to get my money up, to get my money back, to move out and, and live the life that I deserved. And it took a few more months after I did that vision board, but I was able to get myself out of the financial hole, at least a little bit that I was in, because I started working more and more hours at the Walmart visual merchandising job. And at Ulta, the business had finally taken off and I was able to set money aside, not just for the business, but also for myself. And I was able to really get myself together. And that's when I decided a little bit after that, that I was ready to leave. Um, I just wasn't happy in that small town. I'm very gay. I'm very, uh, not loud, but I'm very loud, like color wise and fashion wise. And I'm very flamboyant and very gay. 
And so I just never really felt like I fit in. And I felt like I had outgrown that town and those people and just the small minds and the judgment. And so that on top of I had thought I had fallen in love and it turned out I didn't fall in love and it broke my heart. And so I needed to get away from him and I needed a fresh start and I needed a better apartment. I really wanted to move back to to Texas. And so I got into a little tiff with one of the managers at Ulta, Jocelyn. That was just a whole nother situation. She just was, she just wasn't very truthful and wasn't very nice. And Of course, she called me into the office for one of our many conversations, and she just sat there and belittled me over and over and over. And I finally had enough. So I went on vacation. And really, this was in July of 2019, really went back and forth about whether I wanted to leave, whether it was right to leave, but something in me said that I needed to leave. So by the time that I came back, I had decided that I was ready to go, ready to leave. And I was, when I came back, I was going to give my two weeks notice. <laughs> but then my friend Hunter had been contacted by HBO and they were going to do a show about him and he wanted me to be a part of it. So then HBO had reached out to me and interviewed me and said that they wanted me to be a part of it too. And it ended up being We're Here on HBO. I think it's now on Netflix. And if you watch the beginning of it, I'm in... I'm only in it literally for a few seconds, but (laughs) I really wanted to be there for Hunter and I really wanted to do the experience. So that pushed my move date back to Texas from like July, August to September. So I stayed through September in order to shoot for the HBO series. And then after that was done, I literally had everything packed and rented a U-Haul and my sister and I drove all the way down to Dallas, Texas, and I started my life over with my vision board. I stayed with my best friend Shawnee for a few months until I found the place that I am living now and decided right when I moved down to Texas in 2019 that I was going to uh, run my business full time. I was going to move off of Etsy, start my website and Terrence rebrand as Terrence Williams designs. And that's exactly what I did. And here we are now. My business is now making a profit and I have been in so many publications and magazines and I've done NBC news and it's just been such an amazing, wonderful experience. And I don't, I knew it was always going to happen, but I think going through all that, you know, going through being really poor, having no electricity, living in a rundown apartment, not having any food or money or feeling like I wasn't going to survive, going through all of that really was the the ruin. It really was the gift because it led to the transformation and it led to where I am now. And so... I hate to say that I'm grateful for the experience because I never want to romanticize my pain and my suffering. But again, it really gave me the uh, motivation I needed in order to make the change because truthfully, I felt stuck in York. I felt that 
I was never going to leave because a lot of people in that town have hopes and dreams and things that they want to do, but they're so afraid to per- pursue other avenues and and to leave the town for whatever reason. And I didn't want that to be me. And again, I was in love or what I thought was love and I didn't want to leave him. But at the end of the day, I had to do what was, was best for me and what was best for me was leaving. And so I did. And I am glad I did. And I'm happy with the decision and I'm happy with where my life is now. But the quote, ruin is a gift, ruin is the road to transformation has stuck with me for so long because I had literally been in ruin. And being in ruin and almost being so close to losing everything and being evicted again, really was the inspiration I needed. So from this story, I want to tell you all that ruin really is a gift and it is the road to transformation. Don't let it discourage you. Don't let it defeat you. Use it as inspiration to improve your life. Whatever it is you are going through, you can overcome it. If I can overcome the horrible situation of almost being homeless and being broke and having no electricity and eating literal peanut butter every day, then whatever situation you are going through and whatever situation you are in, you will be able to overcome it. And you will be able to overcome it with flying colors. You will be able to succeed. You have the strength and the wisdom to be able to do anything and You have a great support system behind you who will help you along the way. So again, don't let these things discourage you. Don't let these things tear you down. Use them as motivation to improve and do better. Those are my words of wisdom. That is my story. As you know, I am an open book. I never want there to be a time in my life where people can hold anything over my head or try to make me feel ashamed of anything. So I live in my truth and I tell this story to everyone, not as a pity party, but as motivation and as inspiration. And I hope that this story inspires someone to really take the chance to take the big leap and take the big move and make the big change. And it's scary as hell because you never know how it's going to turn out. And it sucks thinking that if it doesn't turn out, you have to go back with your tail between your legs. But at least you tried. And who's to say it's not going to be an amazing success? Who's to say that you will not kill it? You never know until you take the chance. So put yourself out there and take the risk, whatever it is. This is your sign. (laughs) Until the next time, y'all, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate it. I look at the analytics on the podcast and each episode, it just goes up and up and up and up and I get more subscribers and more shares. And it just means the world to me. So thank you again so much. And also living your truth because there's no better feeling than being free to live in your truth and to be who you are and to not feel like people have secrets secrets or they're going to shame you for things or blackmail you for things or rub things in your face. If you just live in your truth and 
tell everyone, yep, I did that. That's how it happened. That That's the situation I was in. There is such a strength in owning it. This is my story. This is my circumstances. These are my mistakes and the things that I have done and some things I'm not proud of, but I own it and it is what it is and I learn from it and I grow from it. And here we are today, a testament to the fact that ruin is a gift. Ruin is the road to transformation. Thank y'all.